0: Well, good evening, everyone. Uh, For those of you that don't know me, my name is Cass. I'm one of the uh, elders here at ECC, and it's my uh, joy to proclaim God's word to you tonight. Uh, You know, some of you may know this and some of you may not, but Pastor Aubrey has a nickname for me. He often refers to me as Jolly Cass. Jolly Cass. Uh, I'm gathered with the saints here tonight. I'm one of the saints. And if you don't know, I go by Cass, but my first name is actually Nicholas. So for this weekend only, if you would like, you may refer to me as Jolly Old St. Nicholas. Nicholas okay (laughs) let me uh pray before we uh, get into god's word yeah father god thank you thank you for sending the gift of yourself father i pray that you would speak to us through your word tonight i pray that you would speak through me Uh, by the power of your holy spirit you would speak to this congregation prepare us to receive the truth of your word in jesus name that i pray amen well, Merry Christmas, ECC. Merry Christmas. I love Christmas. I love it. You know, who doesn't love Christmas? You know, we've got decorating trees in our houses, putting lights up, ugly sweaters, jingle bells, sleigh rides, reindeer. We're all eagerly awaiting the arrival of an overweight man that will sneak into our house while we're all asleep. Presence, who doesn't love presents? All those wonderful traditions uh, and elements that we find in the Bible. Okay, none of that's actually found in the Bible, uh, and uh, you have to do some pretty creative backflips to even connect some of it to Christianity. Uh, But I'm not actually saying there's anything wrong with those traditions. I really do enjoy uh, this season of the year. And many of the traditions that come with it. If you go to my house right now, we have a Christmas tree up. It's decorated. Uh, About a week ago, my wife and I judged a gingerbread house making contest. Uh, On Christmas Day, we'll wake up and we'll exchange gifts. Uh, For most traditions, there's nothing inherently bad with those things, right? Uh, I do think it's fair to say that for the majority of the world, if you take Christ out of Christmas, it doesn't really change really anything about the holiday. And I think if we're being honest ourselves, it's very easy for us to get pulled in by the culture and commercial traditions and lose sight of why we really celebrate Christmas. Um, You know, it's common here... The story of Jesus' birth at Christmas time. You know, the virgin birth, the nativity scene, the manger. Uh, Tonight, though, I want to focus on what makes the birth of Jesus so significant the incarnation. The incarnation. Now, incarnation isn't a word that we use very often in everyday language. Uh, So, here's a very simple definition of incarnation. The incarnation is the mystery by which the eternal Son, who is fully God, takes on a complete human nature, yet without sin, to save us from sin. So, my hope is that we look at God's Word tonight, that we might better understand and marvel at the incarnation of Christ and be reminded of the real reason for the season. Tonight, we'll be spending the bulk of our time in the verses that Joy just read, John chapter 1. So if you like, you may turn there. Uh, we don't have time to go line by line through all 18 verses uh, systematically. Instead, uh, I want to focus on some essential biblical truths uh, that we can learn from these verses that all relate to the incarnation of Christ. Okay? So first, let's talk a bit about God the Son before the incarnation. The first two verses of John chapter 1 say that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. The Bible is fairly straightforward and clear here, but let's, not make, let's make sure that we understand what's actually being said here by John. From the beginning, the very beginning, the Word, that's Jesus, the Word, was with God. And from the very beginning, Jesus was God. The Son of God is God, and He has been since before creation. Before any of this, Jesus was God. If we look down at verse 3, it tells us that all things were made through Him. We see similar language in Colossians and Hebrews and other places in Scripture. The Bible is clear that God the Son is the Creator. When we read the creation account in Genesis, the planet, land, sea, animals, Adam and Eve, everything was created by the triune God who existed eternally before it any of that was created. Jesus, the Word, is God. He's the Creator, and He existed before His creation eternally. Revelation 4.11 says, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things... And by your will, they existed and were created. So, before there was creation, there was a creator. He existed eternally in three distinct persons the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Before the incarnation, that is, before baby Jesus is born of the Virgin Mary, before the Christmas story, Jesus was God, and he was worthy of all our worship. Okay, so that was before the incarnation. Now let's talk a little bit specifically about the incarnation. If you jump down a little bit with me and look at John chapter 1, verse 14. If we read that again, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word, God the Son, the second person of the Trinity, took upon Himself a second nature, a human nature. God became fully man and was born of the Virgin Mary and dwelt among us. How incredible is that? God became man. This boggles the mind. The hope of our faith hinges on this truth. The Word became flesh. You know, Christmas is is not a birthday party for Jesus. Christmas is a celebration of God the Son, eternal, all-powerful, taking on a second, fully human nature and being born a small, helpless baby on earth. It's marvelous. 2 Corinthians 8-9 says, For you know... The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sake became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. The humility of the incarnation. God went from the Most High to here. The king of kings, the master of the universe, the creator of all creation, chose to come down from heaven to live in this fallen world amongst his rebellious creations. Jesus was in the form of God, and yet did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men. You know, another amazing aspect of the incarnation is that even though Jesus was fully man, He also did not cease to be fully God. He didn't become less God to become human. He also did not cease being God. He added a second nature. He added to himself a human nature. That's a mystery that's so hard for us to wrap our minds around, but it's the truth that he was fully God and fully man at the same time. Only God could do that. When Mary gives birth to little baby Jesus... We see God the Son incarnate. We see the ruler of all things choose to become a tiny, weak baby. We see him descend to the filth of sinful creation. The one and only pure, righteous one chose to dwell amongst his rebellious creation As a poor, humble servant, it blows my mind, and I hope it blows yours. So why? Why do we celebrate the incarnation? Why is it so great that the Word became flesh? Well, God the Son, our Creator, who created everything created it all perfect. He made the world, he made the animals, he made people perfect, without blemish. And then we messed it up. Adam and Eve sinned. From that point forward, everything in this world was broken. The stain of sin came into the world and covered God's creation. His perfect creation was tainted by sin. All of Adam's children were born with this stain on them. It was passed on. Romans 5.12 says, Sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin... And so death spread to all men because all sinned. So not only were we born stained by sin, but also we choose to sin ourselves independently. We all die because of our sin. And worse than that, we're spiritually dead because of our sin. Our sin is rebellion against God. Our unrighteousness separates us from Him. And no matter what we do, we can't remove the stain of that sin from us. We can't be reconciled to God on our own. Left to our own devices, we're hopeless. We're condemned. All of us. Merry Christmas. That's terrible news. The worst news you could possibly get. But I think it's important for you to hear it in this time of the year because it makes what I'm about to say so great. It's the preface to the incarnation that we celebrate at Christmas time. If we look back at Romans 5 again, verses 17 and 19 say, For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Sinful man could never save himself. I can't save myself. No matter what we do, will always be in rebellion against God. Yet, yet, God sent His Son to this earth to take a human nature, a second nature, to do what none of us could do, what no man born of Adam could do. The reason we celebrate a baby's birth in a manger 2,000 years ago is because that baby was God in the flesh come to save us. Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. Jesus was not born about Adam. He was born the Spirit. The stain of sin was not on him. He was spotless and pure. That little baby depicted in all those Christmas nativity scenes, he grew up to be the one righteous man. Jesus lived the perfect, sinless life that we were meant to. And then, even though he would not rebelled against God, he wasn't deserving of punishment, He wasn't deserving of condemnation or death or the wrath of God. He was without stain, yet he stood in our place and took it all. His blood was spilled and his body was broken. On the cross, he took upon himself the entirety of God's wrath. His righteous wrath was poured out on Jesus as a sacrifice for us. Those that had turned their backs on him, he died for them. Even though we had not shown him love, he loved us and gave his son for us. At Christmas, we celebrate that the Messiah has come, that he died, but he didn't stay dead. He's risen. He's alive. He's alive today. He overcame sin and death and he's coming back. That is glorious, wonderful, great news. And praise God for it. I'll wrap this up by going back to John chapter 1. If we read verses 9 to 13 again, it says, the true light God the Son came into this world as the true light in the darkness of this fallen world. Redemption, reconciliation, justification, salvation, glorification, all those big words that we talk about in church that are wonderful, wonderful words and wonderful things to talk about, they all hinge on this, that... Jesus was God, and he died for us. The incarnation brings hope, light into darkness, grace and forgiveness. If you're here tonight and you're asking yourself, how do you escape the righteous wrath of God? You're a sinner, but you don't know him. If you're asking yourself, how can you be set free from your sin and experience the freedom and reconciliation that comes only through the gospel of Jesus Christ? The answer is right there in the first half of verse 12. All who did receive him, who believed in his name, that's who he gave the right to become children of God. All you have to do is have faith. To have faith is to repent of your sins and to believe that Jesus truly is fully man and fully God. It's believing that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Praise God for the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Praise God that He sent His only Son As Matthew wrote about the child the Virgin Mary was about to give birth to, he said, They shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. He's the light of the world, the Savior, Messiah, the way and the truth, the life. Amen. May we remember that this year. And may we all have a merry, merry Christmas. Let me pray for us one more time. Father God, thank you. Thank you for showing love to us when we had shown you nothing but rebellion, Father. Thank you for the greatest act in history. Thank you for sending your son to this earth, that he was born of a virgin that he was pure, that he came to this earth to die. He became a man to die for us, that we might be reconciled to you. Father, I pray if there's anyone here tonight that doesn't know you, Father, that you would show them grace, that they might believe this truth, that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of all. Amen.